Let me put you on game Don't listen to people who lose or you'll do the same Stop talking to people who don't give a f*** what you say Stop spending your money on weed, go hop on a plane Stop pointing the finger and stop Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Wealth Podcast Today we've got a special guest with us, it is Brigham Red I've actually known Brigham for a really long time We grew up playing soccer together uh, And we actually just re- kinda reconnected over the last year He had been in pursuing real estate in Nevada and I kind of want to get into your story a little bit about what you did after high school, um, the journey that you've been on, and exciting news about like what you guys are currently doing uh, with your new company that you guys are starting. So uh, after high school, do you, where did, what happened? Like, What was the next steps for you? Where did you go after graduating? So yeah, I did a little bit of school down at BYU. Okay. Um, found my wife through family, actually. We got connected really? through family. And she had plans to go on to graduate school. Okay. And so Las Vegas was a school that ended up pulling us down there. So she went to a school called Toro, not UNLV, but okay. another school down there. And that's what landed us in Vegas for about five years. How was that moving from Idaho Falls to Vegas? That's like it was a big change. Very different culture yeah. change. Yeah. I, I'd spent plenty of time in college and after high school in big cities. I did a internship in real estate over in Shanghai and stuff like that. So Big cities weren't really scary to me, but yeah. uh, it was definitely a, a change of pace for weather. <laughs> Shanghai, I, most people say like Shanghai. Shang, is Shanghai the right way to say it? I only took two semesters of Mandarin, so, <laughs> so like, <how laughs> I believe long, so. But how long were you there? I mean, moving to China—that's even a bigger culture shock. Yeah. How long were you in China for? I was in China for about three months. It was just a short semester. Okay. So. What did any any anything you learned there about like? How was life there compared to here in the U.S.? Uh, I I don't want to predict the future and say we're headed there, but it, yeah. it may be the there's not really any private transport. Okay. Everything is on the metros, the trains, that type of thing. And I would say honestly, people are pretty focused in their own little world mm-hmm. in a metro like that. It's really interesting. I didn't see a lot of interpersonal interaction. A lot of people just glued to their phones, kind of going about their day. Um, yeah. Hopefully we can avoid that here in the U.S., but only time will tell. Hopefully, hopefully Idaho's a little bit farther behind. I was yeah. in New York recently, and New York seems like it's getting closer and closer to that. Like, yeah, like nobody kind of really interacts. Everything. I mean, we transport it all through public transportation. There's still cars that go out throughout New York, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. So, so you came back from China. You were in Vegas for three, four years. Uh, four and a half, almost five. Four, yeah. Okay. What'd you do in Vegas? Like, were you just going to school there too? So no, we actually moved down there, and I d- that's part of that decision was me dropping out of BYU. Okay. Uh, so after a month, or sorry, a year of working to get a remodeling company going, so I found a franchise enhance that kind of fit the ticket for me. It was within my price range for the name and. Uh, provided some business mentors, that type of thing that helped me get going in my first business uh, outside of high school. I had a couple of ventures back then, but it was my first big boy business, so to speak. And yeah. I definitely learned a lot from that. Uh, part of that process drove me into real estate even more. So I had owned some rentals in college. Okay. I hadn't really thought about being an agent until one of my good friends reached out to me and said, Hey, you should look at this. And so we started talking and I joined his team and I worked with him for the whole time I was down there. So, really? Yeah. What did it, so that remodeling company, what was your guys, so you guys would just buy basically like flipping homes or was it more like, no, we were working for clients. Yeah. Okay. So focusing on kitchens and baths, doing a lot of cabinets, uh, floor sanding and finishing that type of thing. So, okay. 
Did you have employees with that company? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of turnover in the, <laughs> that type of industry. And that was the biggest pain point for me. I went into it really wanting to be able to provide jobs for people. Yeah. I thought that would be really appealing. And after four years of, you know, putting a bunch of time and money into people and then getting let down after turnover, after turnover, it, it definitely wore me out. And so that was one of the main incentives to selling the business down there. Yeah. That's, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing that people underestimate when they start a business is the management of people. Yeah. Finding good people and then retaining good people. Yep. It's like it's the hardest thing about running a business. And a lot of people aren't focused on that when they first decide like, Hey, I'm going to start this. Yeah. But, um, so you learned that maybe like, so you sold that and you had got your real estate license at that time. So were you licensed? So agent? I was, uh, working on that concurrently. Okay. So I had my license for almost four years down there in Las Vegas while I was running the business as well. So. Okay. So what happened after you sold it? So part of that decision to sell was realizing that we wanted to move back to Idaho Falls. Uh, her family's in Wyoming, my wife's family. So we're close to them, a lot closer than Vegas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we're really close to my family, which is great because I still have siblings that are my youngest siblings, 18 years younger than me. Oh, wow. So having him around with our kids, we've got two kids, three and one now. So being able to have aunts and uncles that are 10, eight years away from my kids is really awesome because they're able to grow up with some kids that can look out for them yeah. <laughs> and that we trust, which is a really big, important thing for us. So, No, absolutely. And I, I relate, I mean, we, we went to college in Arizona and we didn't think we were getting to come back, but like when you're out there, it's like, we love the weather, but you, you don't have anybody to really count on if you don't have family nearby. And that was our kind of biggest thing. I was like, you know, we haven't seen our family for a while. We moved back and then we, we kind of made the decisions. Like if we want to have a family and stuff, we should probably like live close to family for the first little bit. And so that's played a big role in like why we're stuck here in Idaho too with the winters eventually we want to get back to a warmer weather. I'm sure you do too. But, uh, this um, point in your life, we, we love Idaho. So <laughs> yeah. So you're like, maybe not, maybe we'll stick like, it out here. But yeah, the, the people that we did make friends with, cause you're absolutely right. You don't have family close by. You don't have people that you know necessarily, but the couple of friends that we did bring in close, they were, they were family yeah. at that point. So they were hard to leave for sure. Uh, we went down to Vegas, at least in my head, with the intention of building empire. Uh-huh. That's what I thought I wanted, yeah. right? That's what wealth meant to me, you know, having a bunch of rentals, having a bunch of businesses, that type of thing. And my perspective changed a lot. I began to view wealth more in the terms of experiences and some of the security that comes from having trusted loved ones close to you and that type of thing. So yeah. with that shift in what I felt uh, a wealthy life looked like it made a lot more sense to move back to Idaho. Yeah. So. I love that. I love that perspective change because uh, everybody's got their own definition of wealth. Sure. And like, that's kind of what this podcast is about. It's pursuit of wealth and everybody's on their own pursuit of what they define wealth being. Yeah. Um, you know, you could look at Elon Musk and be like, man, he's the richest person in the, in the world. But it's like 99% of people do not want to live the life that Elon Musk lives. Right. Like, the relationships that he has. There's a lot to sacrifice. There's so much to sacrifice and you got to be willing, like with that goal is like, are you willing to sacrifice what's, you know, the requirement to get to that goal and realigning, like maybe I just need to shift my goals. And one thing for us is like time, time is more like uh, of a wealth factor for us than anything. Um, And the quality of that time, right? Correct. 
it can't be, oh, I have eight hours from midnight to 8 a.m. necessarily because there's a lot of memories you can't make at that time. <laughs> 100%. You're absolutely <laughs> so, right. Being able to it's control like, your time is a huge part of wealth for me. Yeah, huge driver. Um, I, I want to kind of get into what you're doing now uh, since you moved back to Idaho. Uh, one thing, though, that I, I think is interesting that you mentioned that you, you, your focus is like on experiences. You took up getting your pilot license recently, right? You're yeah. in that process. What, in, what encouraged that? Was it just part of your... So that was something I had wanted to do in high school. Uh, I had a good fr family friends here in town growing up that took me out flying in their plane a couple of times. And that really inspired a, a love of flying for me. Yeah. And at one point in Vegas, I had borrowed all his textbooks to study and start that process. And then I found out a little bit more about what it costs. And I was like, oh, now's not the right time. But after selling the business, we had a little bit of cash we needed to spend. And so my wife and I decided that now's the time to pursue that dream. So that's, that's so been cool. a great experience. And you just recently bought your first plane. Yeah. That's so freaking sweet. Yeah, it's a little four seater and it's, it's a joy to fly, man. It's yeah. like nothing else. <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to have to go out with you at some yeah. point. I'm, I'm the, I love flying. Like one of my big goals. Yeah. I eventually want to have a plane. Uh, but I've never really ridden in a small plane. Yeah. So I need to ride in a small plane to make sure that's actually what I want to do. Uh, cause I, I still at some point have like flight anxiety and, uh, if I don't know what's going on, yeah. But I think so, going out on those would help. I think what you'll find with the smaller plane is you have so much better visibility mm. that it's way different from flying in a commercial jet where you don't even see the ground, right? In a commercial jet most of the time. In yeah. a small plane, you're you're looking at the ground for the majority of the time and so you're able to see everything around you and you're overwhelmed by inspiration rather than fear at that point. So yeah. it's really cool. Especially yeah. when you catch the sunrise or the Tetons. Like, oh, there's nothing yeah. like that. <laughs> I've got, we've got a really good family friend, uh, that they have, they have a plane. We were up at their cabin in Swan Valley and we're like, where's, where's, uh, your dad at? And, oh, he took the plane out like at 5am just to go fly over the Valley to like watch yeah. the sunrise. I'm like, what a cool. And he's like, he's, he's really like, he's made it. Um, yeah. he's a, they've done very well for their family. And he's like seven, 60 or 70 years old. And that's his time now is spent like a cabin. And then I get out the plane and I fly. And that's, awesome. that's like, like, that's, that's where I want to be when I'm 60 yeah. or 70, you know? <laughs> um, but so what are you, what are you up to now? I know. So obviously you still have your real estate license, yeah. um, but I want to talk a little bit about this company that you guys are building. Yeah. So the name of our company that we're starting is Settle Savvy. Okay. Uh, that kind of taps into what it is that the business does, right? So the settle part our goal is to make your next move your last move. And that's really hard to do when you're doing the work by yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Moving isn't fun. I've experienced that within the last year. Anyone who's moved recently can tell you moving is not a fun experience. Uh, there's a lot of stress that goes into that and making sure that you do it right. And then even after you make the decision, the packing up and moving process is a pain in the butt. So Avoiding doing that as many times in life as possible is always a plus, right? 100%. <laughs> so, Especially when you're moving out of state. Yeah. Like that adds a whole nother stress to it. Absolutely. If it's an area that you don't know, right? And people that you don't know. Yeah. Even though, like even when you're moving within town though, you don't know, you know, what the crime rate is. You don't know what the school ratings are. You don't know what the cost of living is in the neighborhood across town, yep. right? Unless that's what you do all the time. And no one has time to be an expert everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so we're trying to take the the cloak off big data 
basically and make it personal. So we're building out an algorithm, sorry, we're building out an algorithm that will help you realize a, what's important to you and then b how the data feeds into that. And so we're trying to bring a personalized you first approach to big data to help people decide where they want to move, whether that's across the nation or across town. I love that. Um, from the real estate side of things, from my perspective, like I've, I've witnessed people move to places in Idaho that they're only here for like a year or two and then they move out yeah. um, because they probably just didn't know the correct information and they were, they might've watched a YouTube video and sure. you know, somebody talked about there and they're like, that looks fun in the summer, Yep. but they didn't know about the winter or they didn't know about, we've yeah. had clients uh, that we had sold, we had to sell their house just cause they just, they were in a small town Shelly and they just, they were from California. Like we don't, we thought we were going to like the small town. We don't like the small town where everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And they're just like, we, we want to get back to California. So they were only here for like a year and a half, two years. I think if they had something like this, Settle Savvy, where it was asking them questions and they were getting their information out of like what they actually wanted. Yeah. Um, Cause maybe they want this small town, but they actually want all these other amenities with it. Um, but they don't have the data to see where that is. Most people right. I feel like move because they either know somebody in that location or somebody else has like recommended that location, but or they're not like, that's their only option with a job, right? Correct. And so they're pushed into that. Yeah. So. But I think that's changing a little bit with kind of like the more remote work, remote and stuff, work yeah. and stuff. Um, so I like what you guys are, are doing there. What's, what are some like the questions that you guys are asking to kind of place them with that data? Yeah. So one of the things that I find really interesting about the data is we help you weight it as well. Okay. So you have all your normal questions about crime, temperature, you know, if you hate the cold, that type of thing. For some people, the ratings of schools isn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. But if we can lay out how you feel about all these different value propositions that a, a market or a metro area has to offer and then help you decide what's more important to you than the other, is it more important to be 10 minutes from the beach or to have, you know, A-plus schools? Mm -hmm. If you can really nail those things down, then we can help you find the right neighborhood for you. That's awesome. That's huge. What I like too is like the crime as realtors, like we can't talk about crime. Right. Um, like, and people ask all the time, like, yeah, well, is this a safe neighborhood or is there, is there crime high here? It's like, we can't answer those questions. Yeah. Um, we, all we can do is refer them to like, you know, you, sh you could check the data the local. Yeah. You yeah. refer them back to the data and most of them like don't know where to get that data or like how to analyze it. Sure. Uh, but if this provides them an easy approach up front to address that question before they even start looking in an area yep. of like, cool, I've already actually already have the data and I know this is where I'd want to be. Um, one that like for me as an agent, that makes my life easier. Cause like now I'm not trying to show them and like tell them all the different places in Idaho like they could live like yep. Pocatello and Idle Falls and Rigby and Ashton and Island Park and Victor. It's like, they probably already going to, they're going to come to an agent with like a, Hey, we know we've already, we have the data we want to be in Victor. Yeah. It's like, cool. That's game changer. Now we're just focused on finding you a house. Um, so it could really speed up the process for the agent and the client. Um, so what's kind of your guys's vision? Like, what do you expect this to be? Well, you absolutely nailed the value proposition for the agents on the head. Right. So in my experience in real estate, you're trying to juggle a couple things when you get a new client, you're trying to figure out what's important to them and find them, the house that fits their needs best. But then you also have to negotiate 
and be that master negotiator for them, right? And that's a huge piece of why people work with real estate agents yeah, because they can't negotiate as well on their own because they're not doing it every day. Yeah. And so if we can do the work to help someone understand themselves and then provide to the real estate agent a report that says, this is who this person is. These are the two or three neighborhoods in your metro that fit them well. Find them a house and then get to work negotiating. Yeah. That's pretty easy, right? Yep. Because your options are limited down. You know what kind of house, what kind of neighborhood works for them. And you can just focus on what you do best. And that's negotiating for your client. Yeah. So it's a game changer. Yeah. Like just, I like what you guys are doing. The fact of you're normalizing the data for the everyday person. Um, because there is so much data out there. Yeah. I'm going to go data, data back and forth. Um, but there's so much data out there that people could utilize. They just have no idea how to utilize it. And if they do, they like to gather it all and then make sense of it. Well, have you ever gone on the census website and look something up? No, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> never. I would say most people, <laughs> if not 99% of people have never gone on the census data to look something up like that. It's yeah. just not approachable. Right. Yeah. So if we can, like I said, take that curtain off. If we can help you find the information that's relevant to you, I think there's a huge value proposition for not only our customers, but for the agents we're referring you to. Yeah. So do you guys, are you guys planning, what stage are you at right now in this process? So we're accepting our alpha group, I guess, the beta users for our process right now. So we've got our report set up so that if we have a customer come in, we can have that consultation with them and we can get them rolling. Our goal before we go fully automated on the report side is to get you know, a hundred plus customers through, make sure that we're hitting everything that's important to people. We've, we've tested this a dozen times already and we feel like we're in a, a decent spot to get started, mm -hmm. but we're only going to get better with repetitions. So. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's going to give you guys more data on right. how to perform that, better. That's how you work with an AI, right? It's repetition. You're teaching them. That's yeah. The, that's the type of thing we're working on. So, so are you guys using AI for some pulling like the data reports and stuff? Yeah. So we're using big data and then our plan is to eventually have the report automated so that even people where we don't necessarily have as strong of a value proposition for, maybe you're just a, a curious, not in a position to move, but you want to know what nation, what part of the nation works best for you? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. We want to be able to provide a service that's really low cost to you. That is incremental to us, right? We don't want to lose money on you, but we want yeah. to be able to fit that curiosity as well. And so if we can use AI and automate that whole process for the report side, and then continue to provide expert consultations with those who are actually planning on moving, then we can make everybody happy. Yeah. That's so let's say I go on and I fill out a report. Yeah. Um, it says, Hey, the best place for me to live is, you know, Idle Falls, Rigby, Shelley. Um, where, what happens next for that client? So one of the things we do before we build the reports in between when you fill out the survey and before we build the report is we have a personal consultation with you Okay. because we want to make sure that you're not just throwing down an answer that feels right. We want to dig a little bit deeper, push a little bit deeper on some of those questions and make sure that we really weigh out correctly. Do you want to be 20 minutes from your mother-in-law or would you rather be an hour? <laughs> that type of thing. It's we want to question want to push on that a little <laughs> bit more. So if after that consultation happens, then we're going to build out that report for you. And then we're going to place you with a realtor who we've already just worked with, 
who we know understands our process and understands the value of that process. We're going to get you connected with them and they're going to start showing you houses in those smaller areas that we've identified. Awesome. So you guys are kind of a, a, a leeway into finding your location, but also finding and pairing with a realtor that is knowledgeable about the location that you're recommending they search in. Right. Awesome. Yeah. We're, we want to work with market experts, but it's more than that, right? We want a, agents with a good track record, mm-hmm. agents that can negotiate well for their clients and that understand our process and under, and agree with it, right? We believe that it's a person first, house second. And there's a lot of agents that get into it because they want to make money. Right. So if we can take care of that process where you don't have to interview 10 agents before moving to some place you've never been before, if we can find you someone that values your values first and then the house second or the price of the house or whatever that is the agent's chasing, uh, I think that's going to be a lot of work off the customer's shoulders if they go through this process with us. It's huge, huge benefit for the consumer. Yeah. Um, do you guys have any idea of what the cost is going to be for the consumer to go through the report? So our plan for the consumer is that it's free to you. Okay. The agents are going to be footing the bill, so to speak with a a referral back to us. Our aim right now is to make this a free to the consumer service. Mm -hmm. And for those that are maybe planning on renting or just curious, then we'll look at pricing tiers for those types of reports. Sweet. That's awesome. It's almost, it's, I'm going to reference it somewhat to like what Zillow's done with data for valuations. Yeah. On valuations. And it's like basically all that is, is them collecting the data and presenting it in a really clean way. Um, But that's basically what you guys are doing. It's like the data is there. Let's just gather it all, present it in a clean way for the consumer to be able to benefit from. I think, I think what you guys are doing is awesome. Um, How did you guys come up with this idea? Like what encouraged the business? Yeah. So my, my partner, my co-founder is my cousin, James. And earlier, I guess it's been two years now. Wow. Time flies. Uh, two years ago, I helped get him connected with an agent over in Maryland. Okay. uh, Cause that's where he was moving with his family. And so through that process, I was trying to provide as much insight from my experience in real estate as I had. Uh, He was doing a lot of research in those census pages and crime reports, that type of thing. Cause he's the big data guy Yeah, and I'm the real estate side. So after going through that process with him, we realized we might be onto something with a really high value products that we could offer it. Well, it's more like a service, honestly, yeah. cause we're doing that personal consultation, right? So a high value service that we can offer to people that was impactful to us. And so that kind of kicked off the idea. And then after thinking about it more, I realized that this hits a little bit closer to home for me too, mm-hmm. because I moved down to Las Vegas with an idea of what I wanted. Right. We kind of talked about that earlier after being in Las Vegas for a bit, I realized better what I actually wanted. And so part of me wonders if I had had someone or a service like this that could ask those questions before making that decision, where would I be in Idaho Falls right now if I hadn't made the detour down to Las Vegas? Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So it kind of hits personally that way just because I want to provide that option for people to really figure out what's important to them and decide where to move correctly the first time. Yeah. Because it, it, I've witnessed it for people that have moved to Idaho and then moved back. The cost of that move, Yeah. Um, first of all, plus just the headache and then getting back into an environment where maybe you just should have never left or they don't move back to where they're 
from, but they moved to another area that, man, if they would have gone there first, could they have prevented that three-year gap yeah. and just been farther along in, in that new location? So I think it's, yeah, I love that. Are you guys going to, how are you guys going to do it to specific parts of the country? Or are you guys going to have data for everywhere? Yeah, we're going to have data all across the continental U.S. right now. Okay. Uh, we've talked about expanding into some markets that uh, expats go to regularly. Mm-hmm. So like uh, Costa Rica, Mexico, Canada, places like that. Yeah. Um, that's probably in the future. Yeah. Uh, we don't understand that real estate market as well. And so we want to be sure we're experts before moving into anything like that, for sure. That gets interesting because then it's almost like uh, then you're kind of like, where do you want to move if you want to move outside of the U.S. or, like, retire? Here's, yeah. like, retirement, and you do that analysis. Well, and our hope, too, is, you know, as we're figuring things out for you, so you've got priorities that aren't tens for where you live, but you have things that you really like, right? And so after we have this profile on you, we can also recommend places to vacation, mm. whether it's in the U.S. or outside the U.S., based on Thinking what about. really irks you. Do you hate being in traffic? Well, don't vacation in these 10 spots. Maybe look at these 10 spots. And so we feel like we have a lifelong value proposition for our customers outside yeah. of their move as well. Yeah, that's so interesting. Uh, what's your, vi- like how big do you want this to get? Or To the moon, baby. To the, to the moon. <laughs> um, and do you plan, is this kind of like something you want to be doing? Is this your pathway for the next five, 10 years? Or for the foreseeable, yeah. yeah. I'm, we're really excited and passionate about this. Um, just like I said, because of how personal it was for us, right? Yeah. If we can make an impact like that in 100,000 lives over the next 10 years, that'd be pretty incredible. Yeah. What have you What have you learned just how, – because how long have you guys been working on this? Oh, months. Yeah, it's been a while. At actual work, months, discussions, probably a, a year plus. What have you learned? I know it's early on in the journey, but what have you learned so far uh, taking on this new venture? Everyone's an individual. We we have ideas about what's important to people. And then the more trial runs of this consultation and that type of thing that we do, we just learn more and more about what might be important to people. And so that just drives home the importance of having that personal touch, that consultation, right? Because you can't just create a a framework that someone can jump through and look at data. Mm -hmm. You need to help them understand how the data can be personal to their values. Yeah. And the more that we do this, the more that's clear in my mind. And and your values are, everybody's got their own different perception of that. And that's what's so so cool about individuals, right? Yeah. And I love meeting new people and figuring out what makes them tick. And so being in this world is absolutely where I want to be. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, and so it's you, just you and your cousin right now yeah. doing it. Cool. What's, uh, when do you guys plan to like try to officially launch? So we are starting to launch our first ad this week. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're ready to take customers. We want to bring people in and work with them. Hopefully we get some good feedback from them, but we definitely have a value that we can add to anyone who's looking to move right now. Awesome. Do you guys have a website set up? So we're running off social media. Okay. That's the plan. Um, we want our website to be really integrated with the automation part. And so we're not moving into that just yet. Yeah. Um, social media is really flexible, easy to use for what we need it to. And so 
we can get eyes on our process on us as the consultants, right? Yeah. Uh, we feel like we can really build out a great product for people. So we're on social media. Is it Settle Savvy? Settle on Savvy Instagram? on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Okay. So people can start going there yep. and, and you guys are going to start taking your first kind of consultations. Awesome. So by the time this airs, if you guys want to jump on there, we're active. Go to Come Settle Savvy on Instagram or Facebook, fill it out um, and give us some feedback. We'd love to hear what your guys' feedback is so that we can share it with Brigham so they can even, you know, better their processes. And if you're really actually looking to move, definitely go fill it out. And we'd love to hear what you guys, you know, where you guys, where the best fit is for you guys to move. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's super cool with what you guys are doing. How old are you? I'm 27. 27. Yep. Just a young buck. <laughs> I'm 27 too. But it's cool to see like people our age doing stuff like this. Yeah. Um, this is a, you guys, I'm sure you're going to run into hurdles along the yep. way, especially with how big this thing could get. Um, and you're going to learn a lot, a lot of valuable lessons. Um, and hopefully this one's a lot less uh, coming from the construction world. It's going to be probably a different set of employees yep. and stuff that you're going to have to deal with. But. A lot of the pain points from that business, I think we're avoiding in this, right? Yeah. So the customers, the time to completion, the time to delivery of a project is much lower. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to focus on what I do best. So what I loved in my construction business was the sales aspect, like design aspect. So meeting with the clients, helping them figure out what they wanted. That's basically what we're doing here, right? Yeah. Without the um, dealing with construction workers and employees and um, actually bringing those types of projects to fruition. Here, we have full control over a start to finish delivery. So. Yeah. When you're market, I, the stuff that intrigues me about things like this is your market opportunity. Yeah. And how many people you can actually serve. Um, from a real estate standpoint, like for me running a team and stuff, it's like we can only serve so many people in our community at any yep. given time. Like we can only get so much market share. But when you open up the f- gates to something like this, where you guys can serve millions of people, um, that's really exciting. Yeah. Like when you think about the impact that you guys could really have, um, that's that's super cool. And that probably drives you guys to want to, you know, actually build this to the level that it could get built to. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I will definitely be, uh, a user and awesome. I hope to not, you know, have to move, but yeah. I'll definitely, I I'm really excited to kind of learn more about the real estate side of it and how we can, you know, help those that are For looking sure. to move. Um, so I appreciate you coming on the podcast, kind of sharing Thanks your story. Yeah. I hope you guys have, have got some information from this and really I'm super excited. We're kind of like a first take on hearing about this company before you even running ads. So yep. take advantage of that. Go learn uh, about Settle Savvy. And if you have family that is looking to move, have them jump on and fill out a survey just to see. It's free to the consumers. They can at least get an idea from the data of what might be a good fit for them to move to. Yep. And then get a free consultation and see if uh, see how we can help them. So be awesome. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Until next time, we'll catch you guys later. Don't listen to people who lose or you'll do the same. Stop talking to people who don't give a f- what you're saying. Stop spending your money on weed, go hop on a plane Stop pointing the finger and start taking some of the blame Let me put you on game Control your emotions, most of the time it's really not worth it Don't be ashamed and beat yourself up for not being perfect